another podcast already? Is your man out of his mind? No, ladies and gentlemen. I've been telling you for ages how busy things are in the Irish community here. And would you listen? Not at all. But there is a whole load of things going on and hence the need for this extra bonus podcast on this November weekend. Uh, The reason for it is, is that one of Ireland's greatest rock and rollers is back on tour in Scandinavia, right? And I had no choice but to talk to the man. And I had no choice but to bring his thoughts to you. Brian Downey, the legendary drummer with Tin Lizzy, is on the road, lads. As we speak, and he is here in Scandinavia, he will be touring Scandinavia next week. I think the first show is in Malmö on the 20th, November 20th, the night of November 20th, he'll be down there. And then he's going to be in Gothenburg, he's going to be in Örebro, he's going to be in Sala, he's going to be above in Javla, lads. My jays, it'll be like St. Patrick's Day up there, up there when we get the drummer from Tin Lizzy bashing out the Tin Lizzy hits up there. That's next Saturday week. Well, I can't remember quite what date it is. Could it be the 26th? Could be somewhere around there, all right, yeah. But basically, Basically, yeah, uh, the drummer of one of the greatest rock bands in the world is bringing those songs to us here in Scandinavia as well. And I, for one, am going to be going. Uh, Yavla is actually the 25th because Sunday is the 26th and Hozier is playing in Stockholm. Brian is playing in Stockholm as well that night in one of the greatest nights for Irish music ever heard. So what I did was I got in touch with Brian's manager and he got me on the phone to him. As you'll hear, he was in the dressing room in Copenhagen uh, probably about an hour from taking the stage uh, before... Um, when he got on to me and I just said right I'll have a little chat with him see where he is his memories of Sweden and what we can expect and that is what you're getting on this Friday night little bonus Irish in Sweden podcast enjoy Can we maybe go back to uh, the first time that you came to Scandinavia? Because I've heard from a, a former tour manager of yours that um, you guys were here a lot in the, so the 70s and that kind of thing. Can you remember anything about that time, the first time that you came to Sweden? Um, I think um, the first time we came to Sweden, we, we uh, had Scott Gorham and uh, Brian Robertson. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I think we had four-piece band. I don't think we ever... Um, I don't think we ever toured Sweden with Eric Bell, uh, but it's quite a while ago. But uh, I can't remember too much about it. But when we played Sweden, we, nobody knew what to expect <laughs> because of the fact that um, you know Sweden, Denmark, and places like that. I don't think we ever played them before. Maybe we did some TV shows, with whiskey in the jar, but I don't think we played live and. Sweden or Denmark back in the, in the early 70s that came I think it was 75 76 maybe 75 mm. or 74 maybe and Scott and uh, Robbo joined mm. and that was, was the first time they came what was it like for, for guys? Because, I mean, the world was a, it was a much bigger place then. You didn't have the internet. We didn't know all the things we know about different places in Europe and that kind of thing. So was it a big surprise for you to come from Ireland to Sweden and to see what life was like here? No, no, it wasn't a surprise. We, we were we were booked to play the tour, so we we knew what, what was required. You know, we had to go out and play the, um, the tour. So Sweden was part of the tour, I, I suspect. Yeah, and that was just um, the way it was back then. You just you just went to, went to territories that you were booked for, 
<laughs> we were looking forward to it because we never played in Scandinavia. Obviously, back in back in seven, early seventies, and there's something to look forward to. But it was one of those, you know, you, you look at your itinerary. Okay, we're playing in Sweden, you're playing in Denmark, and you're playing in maybe Finland and Scandinavia generally. And then uh, our, our itinerary would, would state that you know you're going on maybe to Germany, Holland, or someplace like that. So it was just one of the dates on the itinerary. It was really nice to get to Scandinavia, mm. as far as I remember, because I was obviously never there before. Mm. And uh, we were really surprised, but the reaction was really, really good. You know, we weren't we weren't sure exactly what to expect when we arrived in Sweden back in early seventies, but. Um, we we definitely discovered that um, we were kind of popular, even though we I don't think we were, our, our albums were selling very well. But I don't know I don't know if we were in the charts in Sweden. Maybe we were, but we went very well when we started playing the tour. You know the, the actual venues were seemed to be fairly packed. You know they were nearly sold out and all that. So we had um wherever we played. I think we maybe maybe played three three dates in Sweden on, on that early tour. So everybody was like surprised that we went so well because we weren't expecting to go down so well because of the fact that we didn't know how uh, how popular we were there. Hmm. But it turned out that we were quite popular in the end. You know, well, it's one of those things. Back to me, came back. Yeah, it's, came it's, back again a few few months later. It's one of those things that's always brought up to Irish people, like fellas and girls of a certain age would remember uh, yourself and, and Phil and Tin Lizzy and that, you know. So, what, what were those early gigs like? Would you have travelled sort of with a support band, or would you have had a local support band, or was it very sort of regimented in what you were doing that you were in the same place or you, you did the same thing at the, at the same time at every venue, kind of thing? Well, basically, we were we were support band. We were supporting bands back back then. Hmm. Before we we had any any success, so any any um, tours we were any big tours like like we we supported Slade on a, a UK tour back in the early seventies. So when we did our own gigs, we we just did it on our own. Maybe we had a band there, but we wouldn't book a band. They'd, they'd be booked by the promoter, hmm. maybe to come on. But that was only once in a blue moon. You know, you, you just played a gig, maybe had a disco or something previous to that. And uh, you do you do the uh, you do the they come on force maybe for uh, half an hour three quarters of an hour and then take their gear off the stage take their PA back back then you bring your own PA every band had to bring their own public address system well. it's a bit awkward but that's the way it was back then so you 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 have a band maybe that the promoter would book and we mightn't even know about it. Hmm. The, the band we turn up and the band would be set up on the stage and we we wait for them to finish their um, their sound check and we go on and do our sound check and leave our gear up there and they put our, their gear in front of ours and play for half an hour three quarters of an hour whatever it was hmm. and uh, back, in, back then that's the way it was and they they they'd, um, obviously get paid by, by the promoter and we we get paid uh, uh, Obviously, the same way, but fact, you know, you didn't, you didn't really, you didn't have support bands back then. You know, that yeah. wasn't a part of the part of the scene. You know, that just came with the with the with the wallpaper, basically. Yeah. That the promoter wanted a support band. You know, he put a support band on. You would know until you got to the gig hmm. uh, 
who's going to be there, you know. So hmm. sometimes you might even have two two bands before us. Yeah. Or even we'd be in the middle spot and whoever was bigger than us would go on after us. Hmm. Um, it was a different, completely different scene back then. Hmm. Would you have had much contact with the locals when you were here, Brian? Would you have met Swedish people or Danish people when you go to these countries? Because sometimes you can be in a little bit of a bubble when you're on the road, right? Well, it was always like hardcore fans that come up to the uh, show before before the sound check, and they hang around outside the uh, the venue and with, with maybe the one or two albums we had released back then, ask for autographs, or maybe not even have an album, just come up with an autograph book. We did have a very small amount of people who we weren't that popular back back in the day, you know, hmm. uh, until we until we had a hit with Whiskey in the Jar. But I remember like. Swedish people were very, uh, they seemed to be very clued in to what we were doing. I, I remember doing an interview with a Swedish journalist back then, and he, he knew all the tracks on the first, second, and on Vagabond's hmm. album. That was the first, second, and third album we did. And he knew all those tunes, and he was, he was very interested in uh, how they were recorded and how they came about, and Phil's songwriting and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you know, we had, we had some uh, contact with. Swedish people, but mainly journalists, um, apart from a handful of fans who would come up and speak to us. Hmm. Um, then we obviously over the years after we got kind of famous with the, uh, the four piece band with Scott and Rubble, um, we had more contact with fans and more contact with uh, journalists from Sweden and Denmark as well. So, hmm. And you know, that, that's part of the part of the scene, you'd, you'd need to do interviews before you. Uh, before you arrive, and then it, when you arrive, you did more interviews, and that was part of the half of the course, you know. Mm. So, yeah, we had we had definite contact with Swedish people back then. Mm. Phil, of course, was known as one of the greatest showmen ever to do it. Um, did he change what he did when he was playing in a country maybe that they didn't have English as a first language, or did he just go out there and charm them every night in the only way he knew how? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very good question. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he tried his best to, if he were in Germany, you know, to say, thank you, Sean, and bitte Sean, and all the rest of it on stage. Mm. Uh, so he, he, he'd make sure he'd have a few Swedish words, maybe Danish words, uh, just to say hello and mm. thank you very much and whatever, you know. So that, that's basically all mm. he'd know. But um, I think everybody really knew a bit of English back in Scandinavia, like, like today. Yeah. Are you More usually... people knew, knew Scandinavian than I, I would, than I would ever know. Mm. Or I mean, uh, most Scandinavians know English than I ever, ever know, ever know Swedish or Danish. Yeah. So I mean, that's the way it was, and that's. I mean, we're, we're notorious in Ireland and in the UK, maybe, for not knowing um, a, a language outside of English. Mm. I think oh. um, the only. The only thing the Irish people know is a bit of Gaelic. Yeah, exactly. That won't get you <laughs> very far out here, Brian. <laughs> and even, and, absolutely. But even that's, even that's like um, not guaranteed, you know. I mean, we only know a few words, as you know. Exactly. We, you know, we had a real problem in schools when they learned Gaelic because no, nobody knew how to uh, teach it. Yeah. That's, that's really why nobody knows how to speak Gaelic. This Apart is it. The hardcore Gaelic, 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 Gaelic. Yeah. 
there's a few Irish words and Swedish words are very similar thanks to the Vikings you know when they came over and set up Dublin for us you know yeah. um, could I ask exactly. you Mark, what, what can people expect from these shows because you're in Scandinavia now I'm going to be putting out this podcast as quickly as possible right you're, you're going to be in Malmö you're going to be in Sala Örebro Stockholm you're going to be in Gothenburg as well what can people are you playing is it a live and dangerous album is it a greatest hit set how is the whole thing set up well, the one is called Alive and Dangerous, so that, that's, that's kind of a clue to what to expect. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of uh, Alive and Dangerous, uh, off the Alive and Dangerous album, interspersed with uh, songs from other albums. You know, we try to mix it up a bit to keep everybody happy, but you can only do so much. We only play about an hour and a half on stage. Um, and as I said, the majority of that would be Live and Dangerous, but the Live and Dangerous album covers all the albums basically. Mm-hmm. In it, you know, from from maybe uh, fighting up, maybe even nightlife. Not 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 so much like nightlife, apart from maybe I think maybe fighting might have been the first couple of tracks from that, and then onwards with Jailbreak, Johnny the Fox, uh, Bad Reputation. Don't do too much from 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 Chinatown or Renegade so mm. up to those albums I think maybe our, our set, the majority of our set is based around those albums yeah mm. Do you still get a kick out of it all these years later Brian do you still enjoy playing the music that, that you wrote together with with Phil and, and Eric and Scott and those lads Well you know I, I do because I, I wouldn't be here if, if I didn't you know it's, it was an idea that came about back in 2016 with our ex-guitar player Brian Grace who's also from Dublin and we got together and had a chat you know he wanted to do some some kind of blues kind of thing and I, I kind of like that kind of music so he asked me to do do a couple of rehearsals playing playing songs he, he wanted to play blues songs which I kind of knew anyway but we got Matt Wilson down from Belfast and uh, when I heard Matt singing in the rehearsals I realised you know he was very close to the bone with Phil's, Phil's kind of uh, vocal intonations. Hmm. And that was very impressive. So we, we had a discussion with, with Brian. I had a discussion with Brian after. He said, look, it's all very well doing blues stuff. But I mean, he's actually singing quite well. He's singing brilliantly. Hmm. Uh, like Phil, he has Phil's uh, intonation up to a T, basically. And I was very, very impressed with that. So we decided after a couple of rehearsals to just concentrate on on, on the Thin Lizzy material rather than doing blues material. And um, we then we got we got uh, Phil Edgar, who, who was our second uh, original guitar player, and that was back in 2016. He left just uh, as the pandemic hit to join um, uh, Sinead O'Connor to go to America and play with Sinead O'Connor. Hmm. And unfortunately, the pandemic hit and he had to they had to all come back to Ireland. He never actually played. But I, I had to replace him in, in the meantime. Hmm. even though I was in the middle of the pandemic because I wasn't 100% sure if he was going to stay with Sinead or not. Hmm. I think the original intention was uh, that Phil Edgar was going to stay with uh, Sinead O'Connor. So we had to replace him. And I got... And and, and the same with Brian Grace. Brian wanted to do stuff in Dubai uh, around that time as well. So he was... He was was gone. You know, I, I was given... I was given giving them the option if you wanted to hang, hang around. But when the pandemic hit, that stopped everything in, this, in its tracks, as we, as we all know. Mm. 
for a couple of years. So we went off the road for a few years. But in the meantime, I wanted to rehearse, uh, keep keep everybody up up to speed on on the songs and all that. So we had to replace Brian and uh, and Phil Edgar. Hmm. Um, and I got we got um, we got Mike Michael Parker on 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 guitar. And we also got Joe Merriman on guitar um, to replace them. And they were, you know, when they came down and did the auditions, they were perfect. You know, I, I discovered that very quickly. Hmm. They knew all the songs were, they were kind of Lizzie fans anyway, and it was kind of easy enough to do the rehearsals. We didn't we didn't need much rehearsals because they knew the songs very well, hmm. nearly as good as me, in fact. <laughs> so it was kind of. It's just kind of easy enough to to carry on uh, rehearsals, and then suddenly, you know, we were back playing after the pandemic finished. Hmm. We were back playing tours. Every, everybody wanted wanted to rebook us again. That's that's how we that's how we stay now. How we stand now. Hmm. I don't think I've ever met a guitarist or a bass player who wasn't a Thin Lizzy fan. It's just a, it's the one band that everybody seems to agree on. We're brilliant, you know. Brian, one last question, because I know you yeah. have a show coming up shortly in Denmark before you make your way up here to us in Sweden. What's the highlight for you well, every I'm, night? I'm actually talking to you from... I'm actually talking to you from the dressing room in the, in the gate. <laughs> that's, that's, you have no idea so, how much I appreciate you taking the time, you know. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Though? What's the high so, point so for you every night? Is there one song every night that you get and you go, "Yeah, I love this. I, I still love playing this one in particular." Is there anything that stands out for you, or is it the whole set? Oh well, I, I like the whole set. It's not one song. I mean, there's so many fantastic songs with uh, Phil and, and and the band wrote back in the day. You know, so they're all really uh, classic uh, standards by this by this stage. And you know, uh, I, I can't really prefer one out, uh, from another. Hmm. There's a lot of albums to take to, to, to pick and choose from, hmm. um, and you know all the songs we play, we all like obviously playing them. You know the real standard classic Tennessee tunes, and everybody loves playing them. Hmm. So I can't really single one out. Um, I know uh, Whiskey in the Jars. I have a soft spot for that because that was the one that really put us on the map. And I suppose you know the same with, with um, the Boys of Back in Town. Hmm. They are two songs that really, really. Um, Put us back. Well, especially with, when when uh, the boys are back in town, it was a big hit. It was a big hit all over the world. Where whiskey was more, whiskey was a big hit all over the world again. But it was, it was a slow burner, as you say. You know, mm. it took ages to seem to get into the church. But those two, have, I have a soft spot for those two. Those two uh, songs. Yeah. Mm. They, they you know, that's, that's to say that I, I don't like the rest of them the rest of them as well <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole lot of great tunes to choose from as you said Brian I'm delighted that those songs yeah. were such big hits and that you're back on the road here the band is called Alive and Dangerous we will put a link to uh, all the different gigs in the show notes and hopefully maybe we might ca- catch up with you some night next week when you're up in Sweden but for now Brian Downey thanks so oh. much for taking the time to talk to me oh thank you very much I, I, I'll see you next week sir. good man there you go, the great Brian Downey there, drummer of course with Tin Lizzy, on the road with Alive and Dangerous and in the social media posts about this particular bonus podcast and in the show notes you will find a link to all the dates and where he's going to be and as I say there's places like Sala there but there's also the big uh, cities like Yavla, like Stockholm, like Malmö, like Gothenburg so get out and see Brian and the boys, uh, Brian's 72 years old, old now and still going strong, an amazing drummer, like a, one of the, the most skillful drummers I've ever seen, just really tremendous and he taught for many years in Dublin as well 
well. But get out there and hear those songs while you still can with one of the original members of Thin Lizzy doing it. Uh, just to be a brilliant, brilliant show altogether. That is it, lads. I'll be back with you again at 7 o'clock on Monday morning with another episode of the Ocean's Reading Podcast. In the meantime, get your tickets for Brian's show. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Good luck. Thank you.